Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest on Zoom. I like the Zoom thing. It's saving me some money in long distance phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And we're talking to Melissa, whom I think is in Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota. Okay. And uh, her and Mark connected because she is super interesting and has a lot of things going on. She has a background in massage therapy. She's uh, worked for Disney. She's uh, obviously used to live in Florida and is now in Minnesota and is an author and uh, still a healer, but no longer a massage therapist. So I'm going to let her give the background about herself. But um, yeah, Mark was really excited to have a discussion with Melissa because she's got so many different things that we can talk about. And I'm excited to see where today's discussion goes. So thank you for hanging out with us this afternoon, Melissa. I am super excited. Thanks for having me. All right. So why don't we start with an introduction then? Because I didn't do a very good job at all since you and I just (laughs) met, I don't know, 28 seconds ago. Did you do any part of it? I did not. No. So (laughs) Melissa, why don't you give our listeners a background about you and then maybe we can talk about how you and Mark came to be connected and, you know, just see where today takes us. Yeah. So back when I was a teenager, um, I did spend a couple of summers in Florida with an aunt of mine babysitting. And I got this idea that I wanted to go to college in Florida. I'm from a lower middle class family and I was no one else in my family went to college. So somehow along the way, I decided to go to college in Florida and my aunt was a manicurist. So when I was in high school, I went to manicurist school. Um, and so then I went to, I decided to go to University of Central Florida. I planned the whole thing all by myself. I was 15 years old starting to plan this. Um, filling out all the paperwork, getting the money together. We had the um, same freaking dream. My my parents, we used to have a vacation house in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And I've been going to New Smyrna Beach ever since I was six years old. And um, when I was in late high school, I was like, you know what? I just want to move here and go to university in Florida. And I went, I was looking into that so hardcore, but then my parents were like, you know, this is not going to happen. We're not going to let you little 18 year old guy live in the house by yourself and go to school. Like you're, 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 you're not mature enough for that. <laughs> Keep your ass at home. Well, my parents told me no. And I told them I'm going and I just did it. Nice. So, but I mean, I was going to stay on co- property and college, whatever. So then um, I became a manicurist and then I took my test for that. And then I went to college and I started and I, loved it because it's way from home and I was in a structured environment. It was perfect uh, living on campus, sleeping in a dorm. And then um, about, I think it was in my second or third year, I met somebody in one of my, it must've been my third year. I met someone in my business classes and he told me about a manicurist job at the Disney Institute at Walt Disney World. And I went for it and I got it and it was amazing. I walked in that place and I'm like, I'm going to work here. Are you kidding me? It's the happiest place on earth. Oh my God. God. I was like, I could not believe that this was happening to me. I was so happy. So I was going to college at UCF. um, And then I was doing manicures. And then I started to have some health issues. And something happened to me like my last year of college, I was like, you are not going to be a marketing major, you're not meant to go into business. And then I because I was having like sleeping problems, like insomnia, anxiety. And then I decided that I was going to be a massage therapist because I spent a lot of time around obviously massage therapists. I'm still friends with all these people I work with. It truly is the Disney family that you hear about of people that work there. It is the family and I am still friends with them all these years later. That was like 1994. So, um, so then I became a massage therapist. I learned from some of the best people I had, like 
most amazing experiences working there. I am so thankful that I did it. It was amazing. So you spent 22 years as a therapist. Is that right? And what made you get out of it? Because I mean, just even watching your face as you talk about it, like you loved it. Why did you ultimately leave that profession? So this is part of my spiritual path. Um, Because my chronic health issues got bad, I did end up you didn't hear part of the rest of the story. As I was going to move back home to Minnesota because of my chronic health issues, I met somebody who lived in London and I moved over there and got married and then decided we're going to live in Minnesota back where my family lives. And then I got married and had three kids. I was still a massage therapist the whole time, but I had three babies. And then I got a divorce. And when I was ready to get this divorce, I could not do massage and support three children on a massage therapist uh, salary. Absolutely mm. no way possible was that going to happen. But I did end up going to Well Coaches, which is a coaching company that you have to either be a, a nurse or a healer or massage therapist to get into. So I did that. And then I got a job at a top five Fortune 500 company being a wellness coach. So I could use all of the intuitive abilities that I learned from massage. And I was still doing massage while I was doing that. I did part-time um, massage and part-time being a corporate wellness coach. And so I could use both of my expertises together to enhance the either either side of the healing. That's really cool. What do you do? What's a, what's the day in the life of a wellness coach at a Fortune 500 company? What what did you do? It's it was like boot camp for coaches. So what at this it was amazing. It was another amazing experience. I got to walk in a corporate environment, get a corporate computer, get the corporate like setup. We got all the corporate like education, support, managers, you know, I could, I sat in this office with all these other people that were either physical therapists, chiropractors, all kinds of different nurses all around me. So every conversation I was having with my clients, I could hear what they were saying and pick up, you know, tips and things. But of course, we already got a basic education from my well coaches, coaches course and what I was hearing on the phones of people around me. Basically, we had about 20 minutes to talk to people and they would be given to us. They were routed into the com- into the systems. So they were all set up and appointments were set up for us. We got on the phone and we had sort of a, a, a plan of what we had to talk to. But the coolest thing was at this insurance company, it was people came to you with any kind of health goal and you could help them in any way that was helpful for them. It was amazing. I got to learn to read people intuitively, quickly you know, by knowing what I know about the body. And I was, of course, you know, working on myself and knew a lot about health from working in gyms and health centers all the time. And it was amazing. I mean, they they just showed you how to do the kind of questioning and the coaching without telling people. I mean, one of the main things at this insurance company was work with what the person want to work with, wants to work with in the way that they want to do it, because that is the way to make the best behavior changes. That's a really, really awesome job, actually. And one that I feel one that I actually, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to one I feel like I would be really good at. I honestly do feel like I'd be really good at and I think why do you think you'd be good at it? Well, for the same reasons that Melissa was good at it. You have all of this knowledge and education about the human body. And you also understand people and working in massage therapy for for so many years, you understand all different types of people and you know, people tell you everything when you're a massage therapist, right? You hear about all of their goals. Way you hear about all, Way too much. Exactly. So I think gaining all of that wisdom and really understanding people, not just bodies, yes. but people, then when you have to get thrown into a job where you're, you're, 
job is to understand their goals and work with them and meet them where they're at and help them to be healthier. I feel like I would be fucking awesome at that, actually. And it was fascinating because they we only had 20 minutes with each person. So you had to learn how to be really good at it really fast. Yeah. And you could hear. And I am a better, honestly, I'm a better talker than I am a massage therapist because I can pull stuff out of people that they didn't even know they were going to say. And because it was already a it's your health insurance that you're calling and it's a wellness coach that was assigned to you. So you don't really mind telling them anything. I love it. I don't think there is too much. People would tell me everything. I'm not judgmental. That's why they tell me everything. I'd be like, oh, uh uh-huh, because I understand human behavior. And one of the things I loved working on the most was tobacco cessation. And I've never had a cigarette in my entire life. These people love me because I understood them. Yeah, that's really cool. That's one thing. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our episodes, but that is one thing that... um, Mark is really good at actually. I'm going to give this one to you. I'm not going to toot my own horn. <laughs> Mark is he's very non-judgmental and somehow I like I always joke with him within 5 minutes of meeting him people are telling him like their deepest darkest secrets. I'm like, "How do you do this?" But again, if you've got that sort of air about you of being non-threatening, non-judgmental and you know just really open and they they can feel like they can trust you and you're just there to be helpful, then yeah, people will tell you freaking everything about their entire life. And that, that is what well, happens to yeah, that is what happens to you guys. Yeah, it happens quite a bit actually. It would sometimes scare people because they tell me too much and they would leave and they're like, well, you told her. But honestly, I don't remember really, I don't remember much after they leave. I'm like, I was here for you. You talked about it. I might've given you a suggestion if you needed it. If not, I don't remember because I, I, they think, you know, they kind of feel like it's personal, but it doesn't, it's not personal for me. Yeah. I'm used to listening to people's stories. I love people. And if I helped you, great. I probably don't remember what you said. Exactly. It just it just stays within the walls of which you heard it. And uh, <laughs> you did your thing and you move on to the next. I, uh, I'm with you on that. So how long did you work as a wellness coach with that company? Three and a half years. And I talked to over 5,000 people. And it was incredible. I learned so much. You know what's funny? I noticed right away when we got on the call that you talk really fast and now I'm understanding why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a kind of hyper person. I just got off of doing a walk with a friend of mine, but I mean, I wouldn't talk that fast, but you did have to talk fast because, you know, it's a corporate company. You have to talk to a certain number of people a day and you only have 20 minutes. So, but I'm excited. I love to talk psychology with other people that understand it. It just makes me light up. So cool. So when you left that job, what came next? Because as I said, at the in my non intro intro of you, you've done just so many things and you've created this career for yourself. So let's let's continue What what happened next after this. So then that's when I realized I was really on a deep spiritual path. And I was guided to write a book about my life to help me. Um, I will show you it's right here. It is called the angel wears prana, the journey of a healer. And I learned that I was headed right into something called the dark night of the soul. And I've been about through about four of these, but it's when life hits you hard with a really, really, really bad set of circumstances where you get depressed and you have to figure out why and you have to find out deep inside of the, the shadow side of yourself. If you're not familiar with the shadow side of yourself, everybody has one. If you study regular psychology, all the, the, greats will talk about the shadow side. It's the thing in society nowadays that no one talks about. It's the you that you don't present to the world. And until you fully explore your shadow, you don't truly become healed as a person to spiritually evolve to the higher levels of yourself. So then I started a dark night of the soul. It's not fun. It was really, really hard. And I've spent a lot of years doing it. Um, And it brings you to a very high level of spiritual awakening where you 
literally can channel higher levels of spiritual power to help other people in ways that aren't just channeling like you did as a massage therapist. They can hear it in your voice and they basically get energy from me, healing energy that they don't know or see or hear or feel, but they know they get it. So I've I've spoken to other people who um, have sort of described a similar similar type of experiences and who do similar work. And I will be honest with you, I don't 100% understand. I, I mean, I understand it. I, I know what you're saying, but I can't say that I've ever myself gone through anything like that. You really can't describe it unless you've been through it. And that's exactly. why it's really hard for people like me to tell you what it is, because unless you've gone through it, you really can't fathom it. That's the hard part about and the, the way it works here on earth with these people who are spiritually evolving is it's such a difficult thing to describe that people won't believe it until they hear either a lot of people have gone through it, other people, or they experience it themselves. Mm-hmm. But I can tell right away if someone else has had what I've had because we resonate at a level where they're like, oh, you get it. And I'm like, I get it. And then you're cool. Wow. It's just you've explored deep, deep, dark parts about yourself and you become like, I, I don't hate people anymore. I don't look at people and judge them anymore. I can see people's souls. I can see the trouble that they have. I can see the pain they wear. I can see why. I mean, even when I was still doing massage, there would be like a woman in the, I remember one time there was a woman that looked really crabby. She looked just like awful, like a crabby lady. Everyone else in the room looked at her like she was crabby and and stuck up because it was a very high end. We would get a lot of very very wealthy people there. I looked at her in the corner and I go, that woman is really, really suffering. And she's in the right place. She's coming to get a massage. And I was the only one in the room that could see. She's in the right place. She's looking for help. And she was my client. And then I found out what was going on with her, some things in her personal life. And like, I can see it. I don't judge people. I know it's pain. So when you, you should see Mark's eyeballs right now. He's kind of like, <laughs> whoa, like what, how, how do I ask this person a question? Well, I do have a question. When you were going through whatever type of spiritual transformation you went to, when you said you, you know, you, what, what was it that you called it? The dark, the dark night of the soul. Thank you. I, I've actually never heard that term before. When that was happening, like, were you aware that was happening? Is this something that you consciously decided to do? Did this just happen? Like, I, I know you can't really explain it, but I want people to understand a little bit because I know when people start talking about like spiritual awakenings and things like that, there's a lot of people who's who just tune out because they don't understand. There's it. something tangible that happens that makes you want to have or draws you to a spiritual awakening. And I think that's yeah. the that's the piece that that's the piece that I'm missing, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I, 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 I kind of need that tangible piece to say, okay, well, this is the depth of whatever it is. I kind of need to hear what it is. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm if, ready. Are you ready is the question. I'm ready. Let's, I'm ready. I've been dealing with this for a long time. So, um, so my birthday in the beginning of the book, my birthday is August 29th. Okay. It's tomorrow. Oh, so um, just about a year ago, I had a major spiritual awakening. My ex-husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer and diabetes. I had to break off uh, of karmic relationship with another man. And I have three children that are under 18. And I was guided to go to my friend's house who her house was she's another spiritual person full of spiritual objects. God came to me and spoke to me and told me that you, what the rest of my life was going to look like. And I sat down and got on my knees and said, no, that's not my life. And they're like, yes, that is your life. That is what is going to happen. I was sent some healing energy to basically take all of the negativity and all of the stuff that I have repressed from my entire life out of my body, which was, I thought after these two days, my life was going to get better. I thought, oh, great. I'm having a spiritual awakening. Like all my chronic pain and problems are going away. No, no. 
No, no, no. That was the beginning of the year of the hell of my life where all of that comes out of your body. You face every fear that you've had from this life and other lives and you clean yourself out spiritually. I couldn't hardly eat anything. I couldn't go outside. I could barely wear clothes. You basically are, uh, your chakras completely open and flush of everything. And I did that for a year and I could barely leave my house for an entire year. It's been one year now. And this, that is like an initiation into the second half of my life. I turned 44 last year and 44 is an angel number. And I didn't know all of this either before I wrote the book. I wrote the book a couple of years ago and I named the book, The Angel Wears Prana. Yeah, this, it's called a Kundalini Awakening. And a lot of other people have had it, but it's not popular enough to know. And it's usually like a seven, eight or nine year journey. And the people who are all in the group that went, went through it with me, which I haven't met all these people, but we started it in 2010 and 2011. And the next group of people, they started last November and December. So people who have had major stuff happen to them in November and December are the second wave of the people having Kundalini awakenings. And because basic psychology does not know about these concepts or doesn't publicize them, people don't know they're in it and they have to do what we do. We have to go into it and somehow online or somehow in your life, you meet other people that are going through the same thing. And I had another lady that I met up with and we went through it together. And we knew we were going through it together and she supported me and I supported her because this, and see, the thing is you can't take medication and shut it down or you shut down the process and make it take longer. Whoa. Okay. There's so much going on. Can we back this up a little bit? Yeah. When you said God talked to you, Mm -hmm. give me more. What does that mean? What does that sound like? What does that look like? It's the craziest thing. I mean, I've been highly intuitive. I don't know what that means. I've been highly intuitive my whole life. So I just do things that I don't know why I'm doing. I did in my whole life, like going to college, like who would ever thought that you could just get away with doing what you did. But I just, I didn't, I just did it because it was just a feeling. But when God came to talk to me, it was like, it wasn't even a voice. I just felt it and heard it. It's such a strong, high level inside of me going, And I would just look around and I'd be like, physically, where are you when this is happening? I was at my, I was guided because there was so much chaos and pain going on in my own home. I was, my friend was like, go to my house. Like, go to my house and stay for a couple of days and get away from what's happening in your house. So I went to her, basically her condo where she's into stuff like this, where she's into, um, she goes to retreats okay. and you know, the spiritual, you know, spiritual retreat. She goes to a bunch of those. And so she, and she had objects all over her house. You know, she had Buddhas and prayer flags and stones and the whole place was like a spiritual place that I, I didn't, I mean, I knew she was my client. I met her months before, but I'd never been to her house. And she's like, here's the key, go there. And I was spent two days there and I'm at her, it's beautiful place. And then just, you could feel a presence when you walked in the door, but then I was just hanging out there kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. And then these presences just come into you and say, guess what? <laughs> how, how, much guess of, what? how much of that do you think is because of the physical setting you're in? Do you think that would have happened to you some other place? I think I would have been whatever it was set up for. This is what you learn about the Kundalini awakening. However it's set up and whatever the timing is supposed to happen for you, it'll happen. So you don't even need to I mean, I didn't know this was going to happen to me when I went there. I thought I was going to go rest. I just knew she was telling me to go there. I knew I needed to go there. And I just showed up at her place to get a break. And this stuff started happening. And it just started unfolding and unfolding. And it wasn't a voice. It just was a presence that basically, I feel like it came inside of me and told me information, but not in a voice. It was just, it was a presence. That's all I can say. And it was clear. Like, it was really clear. Like, I wasn't getting any messages mixed up. It was this is this is you 
This is what the rest of your life is going to look like. And this is who you truly are. You thought you were just a mother of three and you just, you know, were having like depression. No, dear, this is what you're doing. And this is why the rest of your life is going to be like. I have never heard this term before, kundalini. Kundalini mm-hmm. awakening. Can you define what what this is? So, from what I've gathered over a year of trying to figure out what the all of these uncomfortable things that have been happening to me is, you have a dormant energy in your spine that is coiled up, and the Kundalini awakening is uncoiling that energy that's at the base of your spine, so your um, so your root chakra can unite with your crown chakra and then you can receive a clearer um bigger channel of divine energy into your body wow i'm like literally at a loss for words right now like i mean i like i said i've spoken to other people who have described similar experiences and as i said i i understand it but like you were saying it's impossible to Mm -hmm. really understand it if this has never happened in your life. Like, I'm not the type of person to not believe someone when they're saying this, you know, I'm not sitting over here thinking this woman's out of her mind. But it is really, really hard to grasp this concept when you've never had something like this happen to you. I don't know if it's hard to grasp. If you read Deepak Chopra's books, this is the kind of thing he talks about. I would, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can even barely read his books now because he's such a high level. But if you read his books, it will say what I'm saying. And then I've gotten a couple of friends, you know, like who I, I have a group on Facebook of for self healers and I post their stuff. I mean, if you talk to psychics and you talk to people that have been through this, the first wave, they're the ones that know there's groups all over Facebook about, you know, the great awakening, Kundalini awakening, mm-hmm. but Deepak Chopra is the man that knows exactly what this is. And he's written a, obviously like a hundred books about it. And I mean, I would never have known that what he, I would never have been able to understand what he wrote without me going through this. So this is really comforting to know that there's somebody who wrote a book about this already. This awakening, is it something that most people come across unconsciously or is it something that people will seek out to bring more clarity and meaning. Okay, so you should never, ever, you can seek it, but if you try, like some people will try to have one of these by meditating, don't do it. You, Your higher self needs to guide you into it because if you try to activate a Kundalini awakening before your body is ready, it is no joke, don't do it. Everybody, every expert says, do not try to do this on purpose unless you're in one of these like, under the like a yogi master or a kundalini master that knows what they're doing so you can meditate normally like normal but some people will sit there and try to have one of these and meditate 10 hours a day every single person that i know that has legitimately naturally had one is saying don't try to seek it that way in that intense manner because you could wake it up and it it's no joke this energy is no joke don't mess with it like on purpose but you can seek it by meditating like a normal person, like, you know, an hour a day or doing like I've been doing high level yoga for several years before this. I didn't know I was going to have one of these. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I was. It's basically something that your higher self, you were, you planned to do this before you were born. You just didn't know it. So tell me about the last year. You said, you know, this happened to you a year ago, just before your birthday. And then so the last year has been not, you know, not I think what people would imagine when you say I had a spiritual awakening, you know, they would think like, oh, everything's been like better and, you know, clearer, but it was it was rough, right? Oh, man. And everybody that I like the other woman that I went through this with, her name was Dawn. Basically, what happens is you're sent a healing energy. But that energy blows out all of your repressed anger, your repressed fears, your all the fears and negativity that you 
have stored in your body over a million experiences of your life. Like when you got mad at that person in junior high for saying that thing to you and you, you repressed it instead of letting it out, that's all stuck in your body. Like I was overweight my whole life and ate perfect and everything. And now I know it was all emotions that I was hanging on to fears and and all these things. So basically that energy has to be purged out of your body. And the way it purges out is it literally, I could feel it over the course of the whole year. It, it would just move. There's a process that I can't explain what the process is, but I could feel it lifting out of layers of the emotional body and it would pop through and it would be a little painful on the pop. Like you, it would pop through this level and pop through this level. And it went in sections all over my body. When, at one point that my legs were doing, it was happening to my legs. So then I had leg issues for however long and then it would move up the chest and then back and I would have like a lot of like breakouts on my neck just not like a like a acne breakout but just breakouts it would last two days and it was just energy it's negative energy just purging itself out of your body and it's super painful and it you feel depressed you feel all kinds of horrible emotions but they pass faster than like a regular depression, but they're much, much deeper. And like right after I had the spiritual awakening, it was hot in summer. I could barely put any clothes on because everything was so sensitive. I had to wear like a very simple cotton dress. And even when I went out in the sunshine, it's like my chakras were like wide open and I could be in the sun for literally 10 minutes. And I had to go back inside, lay in bed, no TV, no phone, no talking to anybody and just lay there with nothing even like if the walls had bright colors on them that would bother me mm. it's just you're you're connecting with more subtle layers of energy and the environment and so the end result is to become more one with the universe and one with god because you're you're activating these subtle levels of feeling is everybody capable of this um I th I don't think everyone is going to get to this quite level, but what I've noticed is that anyone that's already in this field of massage or, or psychology or like like you guys, you know, it seems that people like that are already primed that you are at this high level that you're going to. So I can't look at a person and say you're gonna or you're not going to have it. I don't have that information yet. Maybe a psychic has it. I I don't call myself like a reading psychic. Mm -hmm. um, but if you just the fact that you're talking to me makes me think you're it's possible for you to have one of these if that's what your higher self chooses. <laughs> His eyeballs are big again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting as hell because I'm curious, like because when a lot of these things happen, in other words, is this a human thing where every single person is capable of this type of stuff? That's what I'm kind of trying to understand. I believe that everybody should be following some sort of spiritual path. This is what I talk about in my groups. I am very not about religion. I left a religion on purpose because it didn't serve me well. Which religion was that? Religion, religion is one level and spirituality is a whole nother higher level. Which religion and did you really, leave and and why? Why did it not suit you well anymore? Um, because I found out that I was abused when I was a child and the church was all about keeping families together and I lived in a toxic family. Gotcha. So I left the church because what the church was telling me and what I was experiencing my life was two different things. Mm -hmm. So I asked my parents to quit taking me to church and they did. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that I stopped believing in the idea of the energy, but I was so young at the time. Um, but I just knew that church was saying things that, that were not good for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying church is bad. See, this is the thing. Like anyone can come into my group. I believe spirituality is truly you defining who you are. And if you say, I'm a good person because I treat people well, the universe will give you a ton of options and they'll give you tests every single day. Do you treat someone this way? And it'll give you different circumstances of different people. You know, it'll test you on what you think. If you think a good person is 
certain things and you judge someone else for doing something bad, it will put you in that position to see what your reaction is. It's really fantastic, actually. I've become such a nice person, such a caring, compassionate, kind, understanding person to basically almost every situation in my life. And my problem was I was too nice to people and would let them do do or say things to me that I shouldn't have done. So I actually had to become uh, like a bit of a more tough person because I was like too compassionate and it would hurt me. Mm-hmm. But everybody's lesson is different. The process is so fantastic that it will teach you the lessons that ex- that you exactly need to learn. I'm so blown. So I I want to I want to ask a question and Melissa feel free to not answer anything you yeah. don't want to but yeah. you had mentioned that when you were called to go to your friend's house because things were, you know, kind of really shitty where you were and you just needed a break. You mentioned that you had three children. During this year of torture is what it sounds like to me, this year where, I mean, ultimately it was for a, a greater good and for a good purpose. But during this year, how did your family react to this? How were they dealing with what you were going through? Did they understand it? No, they still don't understand it. They don't know what it is. I didn't bother telling them because I incarnated into a family that was very low consciousness and I am a very high consciousness old soul. That was part of my wounding of coming to this world and living with a family doesn't get any of this stuff. They don't understand any of it. But they did know that I had chronic illness. I had a thyroid problem. I've had a ton of what they call mystery diseases over my entire lifetime. They've seen me struggle my whole life. So they know that I've had, you know, I either had acid reflux or thyroid problems or skin problems or all these things, these mystery illnesses that I go to the doctor all the time for and they would never be able to resolve. They just kept popping up. So my family knew that I had an always fatigue. So they know that I had issues, but they didn't understand any of this, but I was not able to work. I haven't worked for like two years, like in a regular job. And I've been in bed for a year. And before this, that year, well, I've been not able to be physically active for two years. But before that, I was like a regular exerciser, hardcore yoga, like the kind of yoga where your whole body gets sweaty, you know, hot, hard yoga, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. I was like that before. No, they don't get it. And they still don't get it. And they don't energy. They've read the book and they still don't get it. They don't understand. That was my, that was my next question is like when they read the book, what feedback did you get? If any, or did they just kind of blank stare at you? Like mom, have you lost your freaking mind? Yes. Yeah. My kids haven't read it because I I don't think they want to. And I'm not, they're not the ages of something to, to get this, but yeah, my family and my ex-husband read it and they're like, Oh, like yeah, I wrote a book, just, self-published it. it myself as a as a struggling single mom of three, and they're like, eh, okay. Sorry, when did you say you wrote the book? You wrote the book before this happened to you, right? Yeah, yeah. I was guided to write this book, and I kind of didn't want to, but then um, someone came to me on Facebook and sent me a direct message saying, basically giving me a nudge saying you're going to write it. And within 12 hours, I realized I'm not getting out of this. That the message that I got was. I only needed to hear the message. The universe will tell you messages. If you just deny the message came to you and say, no, nah, I'm not going to write a book. They'll, the, you'll get more messages if you're really supposed to write one. So I got the message and I threw a hissy fit in my head for 12 hours. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, I guess I'm writing a book. And I got my computer out and started and it took me like a year. And then I'm like, oh, well, I don't have any money for an editor. And then I went to a psychic because I was struggling with other issues. And they're like, well, you got to get an editor now and finish the book. And I was like, okay. I mean, this is how it happens. Like, I'd be like, I don't have the money. And then I found the money, whether it was my tax refund or pulling out of a 401k or whatever. I just, I 
you find it because that's what's supposed to be. You, when you're at this level, you do things and you don't even know why. You're just like, oh, okay. When you say the psychic you, said, you need to get your book out. When and you say like, you went okay. to see a psychic, how do you find a psychic and how do you know someone that is legit in what they're doing? Yeah. Or they're just out to make a quick buck off of someone that they can take advantage of because they sense vulnerability. Okay. So with me, I am a super strong-minded person and I really have a good foundation of knowing myself. And because I spent all this time on these phone lines, right? I didn't really even start seeing a good psychic until I had already talked to 5,000 people and done massage for 22 years. So I know a lot about me that if a psychic is telling me something that I know is not true, I could tell the difference. So when a couple first psychics were like the 30 minute psychics and I spent a little bit of money and then I was like, yeah, half of that's true. Some of it's not. And then I literally would get connected. I, my first really good psychic I met is I met a lady uh, our sons were having baseball practice together and I met her and she introduced me to the psychic. And then when I went to the psychic, she was spot on. She told me about my future. I was like, Ooh. she was like, Ooh. and she told me what to do. And I started on the path and everything she told me to do worked out. Wow. And she, she just, these are psychics that are charging a good hundred, $150 an hour. And they all came to me like in my physical life. I didn't just like look into the back of a, you know, magazine in your local co-op and pick one off of there. They're all people that came to me through other people in my life. I have one more question about the Kudalini Awakening. Oh, yeah. Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it is it not safe if... I, I'm getting the sense that <laughs> it can be dangerous or not safe if you are not open to embracing it. Am I okay, wrong in so that? There is no... Okay, well, the way the universe looks at it is if you're having one, you're having one. Um, the key to understanding here is the, I mean, what do you mean by safe? Is it painful? Yes. Will you live through it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, your higher self, will, they always say, will never give you more than you can handle. But I've been touched my limits so, so many times because they're making your limit higher. And there's for tolerance for everything. And there's, so there's no turning, the main thing. There's no turning back once it. Oh, no, no. no. If you try to stop it. Yeah. If you try to stop the path that's meant for you. You might stop it for a while, but something else will happen in your life. Tell, like, like one day I went somewhere and I wasn't supposed to leave the house. Like there was basically the universe was saying, do not leave your house. You're not going anywhere. You stay at home. Whatever's going on with your aura, you'll pick up negative energy anywhere else. I was driving. I like needed to get out of the house and I wanted to go to the store. My brakes started having a problem and then I had to go spend a thousand dollars get my brakes done in my car. Mm, okay. I was like, I got the message. Like there was certain times the universe would say like, yeah, you can go out today or no, you can't. Like one day I had to go to the school to get my son signed up for like saxophone and the start in music. And that day I was, I knew I was allowed to go to that one thing and then come home and I was like, yay, yay, I get to go out of the house. And then the rest of the day you stay home. I was allowed to go on walks, go to the grocery store and go home. And that was it for like a year. Does the universe talk to everyone the same? Or does well, the or do I just have to be open to the eye? You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at a minute? You, you're, yeah. you're asking wonderful questions. So what you need to, what you're trying you're talking about is you are in what I'm hearing from you is you are interesting in developing multiple layers of your intuition. So yes, being open and being open to receiving messages and learning how to do basic meditation is the only thing that you need to do is be curious and open and ready for a message to come to you. That is it. It should be that 
that way. And then it will come to you in a safe way. See you that? see what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes a lot By of sense to me. By meditating 10 hours a day yeah. is what you shouldn't do. What mm-hmm. you should be do is just being open for it to come to you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Like I said, there's going to be people who hear the three of us talking and say, all right, they've all lost but their freaking minds. We, okay. But it, I, might, it might appear that we've lost our minds a little bit. But when you when you take a look at it, the, and I'm not like this big energy person, or maybe I am, I don't know. I have no idea what I fucking am, right? You are. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll trust you for now. Right? <laughs> but I mean, like, it makes a lot of sense sometimes, especially being a massage therapist and dealing with people that are in like chronic pain or have all these issues. Mm-hmm. And they're coming back over and over saying, no one knows what's wrong with me. Yep. I can't figure out what's going on. I've got chronic fatigue syndrome, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Doctors can't mm-hmm. tell me. I've got, I'm presenting with what they're telling me is fine fibromyalgia but i don't know what's going on with me and no one can tell me what's happening so that's in these scenarios to me this kind of stuff kind of fills in that 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 blank you know what i want to tell you specifically is that and i didn't realize this either is just the fact that you're spending hours upon hours touching someone else's body i didn't know this for years either you're channeling divine energy through your body into their body without knowing it i didn't know that I didn't know that. You have had past lives as some kind of healer or some sort of shaman or something to be this good and be this far into massage and doing podcasts about it. You're channeling energy every single time you touch a client. You're channeling divine energy and using your body to give a higher level of energy to your client than what they would be able to get on their own. What do you say to people who are skeptics or do you even give a shit? Like, are you just over the skeptics and you're like, I don't care because I know what what's true for me and I know what I'm living and I don't care. First of all, I am such a strong person that skeptics won't come near me because they probably won't have a conversation with me because if they tell me I don't believe you, I'll be like, okay, I don't argue with people who don't believe me. I don't need to. That's the way it should be. At the end of the day, you're not trying to convince anyone of anything. You're just sharing information, things that you know and have experienced. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. People will get a feeling. If they get a feeling that your healings work, that you're very good at massage. I was told in school, you're a natural. I'm like, really? Am I? I mean, that's what they told me. I was like, okay. It just came to me easily mm-hmm. and I just kept doing it. And it was, you know, if you like it and it comes to you easily, you're just meant to do it. And people would come back to me because it was the best massage that they could ever get than, than anyone else. Not everybody. Some people couldn't, couldn't stand me. Then, you know, your, your spirit will irritate their demons. And I didn't care because I worked in places that I had access to as many clients as I could do in a day. That's why I had to quit because I burnt myself out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any problem. There's a massage therapist shortage where I live right now. People can't get massages because there's not enough people to do them. So I don't have it. There's no problem getting clients around here. You don't need to argue with people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So after this year, what does your life look like now, Melissa? What are you doing now? So now what I need to be doing is I started this group on Facebook where I'm going to start teaching people how to self-heal using the emotional map of the body. And I'm going to start slowly dolling out this spiritual knowledge that I have. So I do a lot of meme sharing. But what I tend to be really good at and what uh, everyone on the phone at um, the health insurance company and my coworkers used to tell me is I have a knack for taking a concept that is a extremely difficult concept and being able to summarize it in about a paragraph. So some people will sit and listen to spiritual people online for an hour to describe a concept and I can seem to get that message across in a short amount of time. Like I have a very high level ability to take a concept and turn it into words that people can understand. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'll be doing next is basically becoming some sort of speaker or presenter to teach people because they're going to feel it and they're going to hear it in my voice. 
that I know what I'm talking about and that they're going to feel it. I'm not going to have to convince them. I'm a teacher. I'm a spiritual teacher. Like law of attraction. You've heard of it? Of course. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, I've been using the law of attraction my entire life and not knowing it. That's how I was able to manifest an entire trip to college starting at age 15. I started planning my trip to college when I was 15 years old. See, that, that stuff makes sense family. to us quite a bit. And it's it's incorporated into our teachings. Like Mark and I, 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 again, I don't know how much you two know about each other, but we own a continuing education company called Conant Institute in Toronto. And we offer continuing education courses for massage therapists. And part of our teaching that kind of slips into places is about um, your mindset and how mm-hmm. majority... The basic message like we like to get out to people is you have control over a hell of a lot more than you realize that you have control over. And being open is definitely lesson number one, you know, paying attention to the messages that are coming. Like I'm a, I'm a huge believer in intuition. I always follow my gut. When Mark and I met, he used to say that I have a horseshoe up my ass because things would always just work out for me. <laughs> and I would tell him it's not that it's it's I'm not lucky. I don't believe that I'm lucky. I believe it's just I'm paying attention and I'm listening to what makes sense for me. You know, if I would go into a job interview and I immediately got a feeling that this is not a place I should be working, then I'm not going to accept the job. If I would go into a place and think this is where I'm meant to be, I would always get that job. It was just, I don't know, intuition makes sense to me. And I know there's a lot of people who say intuition doesn't exist and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like majority of my life has been just going down the path that I feel like I'm supposed to take. So as you're saying all this, I'm like, yeah, I I get it because I feel like I live that way anyway. What I would describe you in my own words, the way because I am an analyzer, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a natural analyzer. What I would describe you as is an older soul. You are someone that's very connected uh, with your divine self or your higher self, and you are very smart to stay on the path of your feeling, the feeling of knowing what you should do and what you shouldn't do. To, to stay with that is very hard for a lot of people in society, and you do it. That's why I wouldn't say you're lucky either. You're you're wise. I would call that a deep wisdom within you that you keep following it, and you're getting constant feedback that you're on the right path. I think you probably don't understand is that you do have a lot of paths. You probably have more choices than you think you do. We all do. I mean, mm-hmm. we come into a life with a potential, but the potential can branch off in so many different ways. So you probably don't realize that potential, but it, it's nothing wrong. You just have a lot of potentials, but you're very wise to keep following your feeling. You're very, very wise. You, very hear, you hear that, Mark? Wise. I'm very wise. It's you know, you, you know what I'm really <laughs> curious about now? Because as you're talking about all this stuff, I cannot help but to think about certain types of celebrities like Jim Carrey. Right. Mm -hmm. How Jim Carrey has done a fucking 180. Yeah. And he's had this what he would term as an awakening. And I'm curious as to how many people that experience great success in their life that this potentially is one of the contributing factors. Yeah. Jim Carrey is a very, very very advanced spiritual being because he's had all this success. He can he'll tell you, you see it everywhere where he's like, money isn't the answer people. But I've watched a couple of things where he is and he just really realizes how material the that life is that most people are living. That's why he acts the way he does. He's so wise and so open to spiritual knowledge that he just knows he has a very advanced level of knowing spirituality. That's why he acts like that. And people will call him crazy, but he's over it. I mean, he's got all the money in the world. He's had all the women he ever wanted. He's got all those material things that other people are chasing and he does get it. He gets it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 
I know that there's a lot of criticism when it's somebody as successful as Jim Carrey, who's trying to educate the masses on spirituality, because it's like, okay, easy for you to say you have everything in the world and easy for you to say money doesn't matter because you have it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, as I, again, if I'm going to use myself as an example, I, I don't, I didn't come from money. I don't have a ton of money. We're, you know, we live pretty modestly and there's times where I just literally am like at home in my, you know, two plus one bedroom condo. And I'm like, I fucking love it here. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I love it here. And I'm happy here. And like, I I mean, I don't have the giant houses that some of my friends have, but I don't even want it. Like, I don't care if that's, you know, I know that it sounds ridiculous. And I'm probably no, not making that sense. But I'm just like, I'm happy here. I like where I am. That is that is wisdom and a very deep level of gratitude, knowing that you don't need more. That mm-hmm. is what he's saying. Like when he says money doesn't matter. Okay, everybody needs money. I I'm still yes, you have not to pay your bills. financially abundant yet. Yes. But but what he's saying is the excess that people are talking about. Okay. So what you are, you're wise and you're very deeply gratitude in full gratitude of what you have. So knowing and ha- having gratitude for what you already have makes you even more open to have more abundance and making more money if you need it. But the fact that you're happy and saying, I'm happy with this, the universe is like smiling down on you going, good girl, you you know what you want, you have it and you're happy. I feel like going through one of these awakenings could be pretty lonely. Is it, mm-hmm. is it, is it lonely to go through one of these? I mean, there are obviously people that, that truly get what's going on, but the vast majority of people wouldn't. And like you said, they would probably just call you crazy, label you crazy and walk away. That's why I can't really talk much in public because I can see everybody where they're at. And that's why I had to go online and be in groups and meet other people and start a group so I could attract people that knew what I was talking about because it is very lonely. It is very, very lonely. That's why more people people are going to have these. So I'm basically going to like coach people into being my new upper level friends by watching them go through it. I'm like, I need friends up here. Yes, it's lonely because most people have no idea. If I talk to regular people on the street, they're like, eh, eh, eh. if I talk to a counselor or a therapist or someone else that's been through what I've been through, they're like, you're amazing. And I'm like, "Eh, isn't it cool? Like you have two different groups of people and you have to literally be able to weave yourself back and forth with dealing with both kind of people. And it is it's disillusioning to live like this. It's pain. It's a struggle. So how it did, is. how did you guys meet Mark and Melissa? I don't even know. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I, really I probably know. responded to something that he was, a, somehow we became friends because I allow people like I, basically the law of attraction is whatever you resonate at, other people will somehow be attracted to you in a way that you don't even know why. So I let a bunch of people into my Facebook to either let them be in my groups or you, you do it by resonance, by your heart, by your, by your aura. So somehow you guys became Facebook yeah, friends. Yeah, I really don't remember how that happened. Do you remember how remember. do you remember how we set up this discussion? I I I don't well, one I smoked too much fucking pot, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't remember though. I really don't remember. Um wow. so I think I responded to I saw that he was a podcast host and said I want to be interviewed probably because I have a podcast that I'm trying to keep moving forward. And that's probably why he was a massage therapist and I might have said the Disney thing because that always gets me an opportunity. And here we are. That's true. Because like I said at the beginning, Mark loves Florida. I mean, it looks like it's going to be... It looks like it's going to be a long time before we get to go back there, but his happy place is being in Florida. So you probably said Disney and he's like, that's it. We're best friends. (laughs) Florida is so interesting, like from an energetic level. They got so much going on down there. I mean, you've got so many different kind of people down there it's amazing like it's crazy it's some places are grounded some places are crazy some people places are rich some places are 
Yeah, it's you get a really little strange. bit of everything down there. For sure, it's for fabulous. sure. And it's not what everyone that's not from Florida thinks it is. They all think it's right. Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I've been to all different places because I spent um, – so when I lived there and I was in a sorority actually, um, kind of the, an atypical sorority girl, but I loved it. And I would go – instead of going home to Minnesota for holidays, every single one of them, I would go home to, with other – Florida families. So I would go stay in Jupiter, Florida or Jacksonville, Florida or all these different places with these girls and see what their families were like. It was like the perfect thing for me. I got to see all parts of Florida just going home with someone for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I know. So interesting. So let's talk about your podcast then, Melissa. What's it called? What do you what do you discuss? How long you've been doing it? It just got started. I haven't really gotten a good grounding of it yet. I call it authentic elevation. So the Kundalini Awakening is really about elevating yourself spiritually. And I am the queen of authenticity because that's why I've done been able to do so much of my shadow work is I don't like to hide parts of myself. If I'm crabby, I'll just say I'm crabby. You know, I don't hide it. I don't feel like I can because I have so much energy. And what I talk about and what really needs to be heard is the thing called spiritual bypassing, where we say, oh, I'm positive all the time just because I'm positive. You know, like you can't do that. If you're unhappy, you need to say I'm unhappy. And then you need to dig in and do the personal work to figure out why you're unhappy and heal the wound. And then you won't have that particular problem anymore. Another one might come to visit you because that's how spirituality works. But this, I mean, I live in Minnesota and we're really passive aggressive here. We talk about how happy we are and then we go in our homes and complain about everybody else. So I don't think that's just a Minnesota thing, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's everywhere, but we're just really known for it here. So basically I'm talking all kinds of spiritual talk with anybody, like all kinds of healers, massage therapists. I I love talking to everybody. Um, But it's basically like, it's time now to be the real you. And just like this podcast, we're just open and free and talking about things. All this scripted media stuff anymore, it's not helping people. That's why it's going away. And we're having more people do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We need to be our real selves. We need to be our real selves. And that's what I'm, and I'll teach people, you know, if you're judgmental, First, you got to own it and be like, yeah, I'm judgmental. I was judgmental too before I went through this process. That is how our society conditions us. But we need to undo that so we can really be closer to people mm-hmm. and elevate ourselves spiritually as people. And when I say spiritually, it is whatever spirituality you want. If you want to be religious, great. I just tell people, get on some kind of spiritual path, whatever it is. If you really look at it, every religion is basically talking about the same thing. We all want to be better people and help in whatever way we're called to help period. And I don't understand why so many people who are religious argue. There's no time for that. Oh, I if you're know. working on yourself, you don't need to argue with other people. You know what definitions I want to understand, though? I feel like I always hear spiritual people say exactly what you just said, that, you know, if something comes up, you know, if you are sad or upset or angry or resentful or whatever it is, you have to dig down inside yourself and figure out why and do the work. What yeah. do people mean when they say do the work? Oh, that's hard. Well, right. it's kind of what I said is first, I teach journaling because I'm a writer and that's easy for me to, to teach it through journaling. But the way I teach it is you should be doing a journal like every day and at least journaling a couple of paragraphs of your thoughts. Okay. And then sometimes you don't, sometimes just being aware and telling yourself I'm sad when you're sad is the work for that day. And sometimes you'll get another message and, and it's a process of over time reconciling whatever that sadness is or whatever that grief is. Like I used to be really, really angry. And I realized after a long time and a lot of the spiritual process that anger is really a grief that's deeper, deep on down inside yourself. And to understand, you know, like, like a lot of like up, up here in Minnesota, everything is about families. Families are so important, but I came from a toxic family and I'm listening my whole life about how important family is. And now I get to my age and I realize 
now I see where the toxic behaviors in my house made me repress anger because what I was feeling was different than what my family was telling me. I wasn't able to be authentic because they're like, no, we're normal. We're a normal family. We just do normal things. And then I realized the work is to uncover those deeper Mm -hmm. reasons why you're unhappy. If you had a mom that would deny your reality and say, no, we're happy. And you knew your mom was mad. That's kind of the, that's the work we're talking about. Yeah. So doing, mm-hmm. doing that work sounds like, okay, let's, let's understand. Okay. I'm sad today. Recognize that you're sad. Then do the work to figure out what about this sadness? Like what is, what is making me sad? Mm-hmm. And then is there a way to come to terms with that or rectify that? That's or at least what a lot I get out of it. Times it is too letting yourself be sad, letting the answers come to you, and knowing consciousness works in a wave. So you won't always be sad. I mean, you and our society keeps telling people it's not acceptable to be sad. Like if I walked up to someone, they're like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sad today." That's not socially acceptable. That's- no, they immediately try to cheer you up or, "Oh, why are you sad? Don't be sad. How can I make this better?" Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm just sad. Part of it is just being sad when you're sad, understanding why, and waiting for the happy to come. Mm-hmm. Like we deny people all the time just the 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 opportunity to be who you are and be sad when you're sad that's that's not the way god wants us to live if you don't that's how you get a shadow side is by not being sad and someone trying to tell you you shouldn't be sad yeah um i'm an overly sensitive person which i've only realized in the last few years when i say overly sensitive it means that there's certain times it might, it, you know, it's probably linked to what I'm dealing with emotionally at the time, even if I don't recognize it. But there's certain times where I'm very sensitive to like loud noises or if there's a lot of commotion going on. I get very easily overwhelmed. Yes. I can get um, I can get anxious about absolutely nothing. Um, I can get sad sometimes for literally no reason. Like I could have had a great day and Mark can attest to this. And sometimes he'll say to me, you look sad. Are you sad? I'm like, I am sad. And he'll say to me, well, why are you sad? I'm like, I'm just sad. And no, you, you, first of all, and foremost, I have to interrupt here. You are not overly sensitive. You are you. So stop telling yourself you're overly sensitive. You are intuitive and you are a sensitive person. You are a more sensitive person than the average person. So dump the word overly first and foremost. All right, and you're dumped. doing it exactly <laughs> right. You are just feeling deeper layers of things that other people can't feel. And then if I would suggest anything for you, it is to start doing some sort of meditation or visual- visualization to strengthen your boundaries. You're like the so fifth you person to tell me that this year. Sadness. Something yeah. something might <laughs> something Guess might what? actually <laughs> stick with me. People keep telling me to meditate. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Right? And it's hard because they say meditate, but there's a thousand different ways to meditate. You need to, I would say you need, you know, this, I, I can only suggest, and you're going to have to hear it a few times. I did had to hear it a bunch of times to myself. So I'm not saying we always learn the first time. You need to find a visual visualization for sensitive people or empaths is what another thing they call it, where you can visualize your own energy field and keep that to be yours. So you don't absorb other people's sadness. You're going to mm-hmm. feel sadness of your own and other people's more. Don't call yourself overly sensitive. You're sensitive. You're just yeah. what I call more special. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way anymore. I used to look at myself sarcastically. Oh, you're special. Now I'm like, I'm special because I can hear <laughs> and not hear, feel things other people aren't feeling. That's what you're feeling. You are sensitive. And yeah, it's well, it's just interesting though, because it's only really, I've only really noticed it in the last few years where like, as I said, just there's some days where I can't handle like loud noises. I'm like, no, no, like I, 
you know, my, my kids for they're three and six, they're loud, they're loud oh. all the time. Oh. And it's, <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. fine. And most days the chaos does not bother me one bit. You know, I go about my day, I can work, but there's some days where I'm like, I just need them to not be so loud. And because <laughs> you are letting that energy build up and you're not discharging it. Mm-hmm. So it's building up and building up and building up. And then you get to a day where you can't handle them because you aren't clearing yourself on a daily basis. That's why it's doing that. And no one tells you, no one tells you that you need to be doing this. That's the crazy part about it. No yeah. one tells, there's no, oh, you're a sensitive person. Let me put you in a class. It's true. A, it's true. Part. And I mean, it's the same thing as I, you know, I've said on other episodes where I'm very empathetic and I, I don't look at this as a negative thing, but definitely, as you said, there's some times where I can sort of take on other people's stuff and I'm like, this is too much for me right now. And then I just have to go and talk to nobody and be by myself. And there's, <laughs> I try to explain it sometimes to Mark where like he asks me a question and I answer him. I swear to God, I do it like this. I go, ah, he's like, what was that? I'm like, I can't form words. And I just so can't. You are <laughs> even in that sigh, you're discharging energy. Yeah. It's positive. It's a good thing for you. Yeah. You just need to seek out other ways to let go of energy that doesn't serve you. That's mm-hmm. it. There's a ton of different ways out there. You just have to find the one that's right for you. See, Mark, sometimes I just sigh because I need to sigh. And he'll say to yeah. me, why did you sigh? I'm like, sometimes I need to sigh. Sometimes it just feels good. Yeah. <laughs> discharging, you're discharging energy that's too much for you that you don't yeah. need anymore. That's what you're doing. See how so natural it is? Fascinating. So fascinating. Like I said, there's going to be people who hear this. They're like, come on, guys, what are you talking about? But I get it on the level of because I, I have these feelings where there's some days where I said I feel there's too much going on. I just need to shut off. Or, you know, if Mark might ask me to do something like we're we're business partners, right? So he might turn to me and say, hey, can you do this right up for this podcast episode? I'm like, yes, I can. But not in this moment. I can't. Like, I'll do it, but I can't right now. That's great. You're putting down the boundaries of what you can and can't do. You're doing it right. I mean, you really are. Well, that's refreshing You're doing it naturally. to hear. That's refreshing to hear. I'm not just I mean, a looney it, tune, right, Mark? No, not at all. <laughs> even of everything I said, even if it sounds outlandish, when I describe why, doesn't it kind of make sense? Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. As weird as this is going to sound to me, nothing you've said so far is outlandish. No. And we're we're the type of people that would not be dismissive because regardless if I've ever experienced any kind of spiritual awakening, I I don't meditate, but apparently I need to. Um, it it makes sense to me because I understand, like I said, the feelings were just there's some days where I just have these this feeling and I'm like, okay, this is what I need today. And some days that means I need to lay in my bed all day. And that's fine. And you know what what else I really had to get into is as I as I was the two years before the spiritual awakening, I started getting really emotional around the moons and I didn't realize it. And I was going to a naturopath doing a lot of cleansing and having to go on a special diet. And he's like, oh, it's the moon. And then as soon as I realized my tough days were two days before the, the full moon was coming. And I was like, oh, it's not just me randomly having two bad days. It's the two days leading up to the full moon, just like every person who works in an emergency room or every police officer will tell you that that's when people have more problems because there's Mm -hmm. different energy that you are feeling those days. And as soon as he told me that, and every single month, right, two days before the full moon, some people it's two days before, some days it's some people it's right on the day. Then I was like, when I started to feel these feelings that felt intense, I looked looked it up on the Internet. I'm like, lo and behold, full moon's two days from now. I would have never put that together unless my own naturopath who I was seeing and paying told me that. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. Never. There's just there's just so there's so much information if you if you know where to look for it. And you know, I I feel like like you said that it's not it's not mainstream. You know, you're not going to go to a psychotherapist because, you know, you're you're feeling something and you hear you need therapy and you're not gonna go to a psychotherapist Can and I, hear this typically. You just said something that made me think of something. Okay. This is not mainstream. Do you feel that this should be mainstream. Oh, it's going to be mainstream because here's what's going to happen. More people are going to have more of these mystery illnesses. I see it already. I'm in Facebook groups with all these moms, right, that are pretty intuitive and they're dealing with things with their kids. And I'm seeing problems that they can't, they won't go to, they can't go to a doctor because a doctor would dismiss them. And people are having them so much more often. Like one problem I've been having, uh, I've seen recently online is people are having body odor. Like they're saying, my husband has body odor. I have body odor that I've never had before. It's weird what's going on. You know what it is? It's all this negative energy that's in the environment is coming through and being filtered through us. And it comes out as stinky body odor. And all these moms are like, try this, take this supplement. I'm like, all you got to know is it's, there's so much negativity in the collective right now from all this COVID and all this anger and all this stuff that's getting pushed up to the surface. We filter that through our bodies. That's what that is. All I, when I write back to these people, I'm like, it's the energy. Wash more and know that that's what that smell is. You don't need to go buy a supplement for it. Mm-hmm. That's one, just a, one example of, of how, because these doctors aren't going to be able to take care of these issues that people are having. And they're going to be going like, there's, they're going to pile up all these mystery illnesses that Mark talks about with his clients. It's going to hit more mainstream people to the point where doctors are not going to know what's going to happen. And they're going to be turning to people like I have for my whole life, hypnotherapists, uh, naturopaths, yoga teachers, spiritual teachers. It's us who have been through it for all these years that know exactly what that is and how to deal with it. It's going to be mainstream. There's going to be too many problems that doctors can't fix. You're not the first person to say that. If you try to cover it up and shut it off with drugs, it will only get worse. Mm -hmm. Amanda, are you thinking about Ravinder? Of course I am. Yeah? Of course. Uh, We've had a guest on a couple of times. Her name is Ravinder. She's a naturopathic doctor. She's a naturopathic doctor as well. And um, she came on at the beginning of COVID to talk about energetically what's going on in the world and what's happening and, you know, why all of this is happening. And I mean, her main message has been through all of her meditations online. And, you know, when she spoke to us on our podcast, her message has always been that what we need to be working on right now is releasing the fear. I am 100% in agreement with her. That's why my podcast is dealing with the shadow side. Inside the shadow side is our fear from our conditioned upbringing. And not one person on this earth Unless you were raised in a tribe somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there's like a shaman and a healer in your group, are you immune to needing to have to deal with this? Because Mm -hmm. we are conditioned to society under all these layers of fear that we didn't realize were fear. Because we have been taught as children to to abide by certain society rules. And that causes a fear in some way or another for every single person. Yes, I completely agree with what she's saying. We'll have to send you the link to her episode later. You might you might find it interesting. So when does your podcast officially launch, I guess we should say, or has it already? I started it in December. I have a couple episodes and then because I'm because I'm finishing a cycle and coming up to my birthday, I think I missed one or two months, but I'm happy to put this up there. Um I am affiliated with a magazine in Minneapolis called The Edge Magazine. And so that's how I get my podcast out. I put it on my 
Facebook group. My book is called The Angel Wears Prana. My website's theangelwearsprana.com. And uh, the podcast is called Authentic Elevation. And it's through Edge Talk Radio. Perfect. So anybody who's listening that wants more information, um, do you have a place where they can reach out to you or should they just uh, go to your website? My website. And then I do have the info at theangelwearsprana.com is my email address that I'm using. That's awesome. Because I think there might be some people who've got some follow-up questions. For sure. I, I feel like we you know, like we uncovered as much as I, I think that I needed to understand, but I'm certain that there's going to be people who want to hear more. Um, before we do wrap up today, is there anything else, Melissa, that you want to share with people or anything else that you want to guess get out to the rest of the world? As far as massage, this is one thing that I felt always, and I feel about the two of you, is that people do not know the value of healing arts, especially massage therapy. I've felt that way since I started massage is such an important modality. There are so many people that do not get touched in a positive way. And I think massage therapists need to be elevated in their level in society because we are truly, truly giving people to put ourselves out there and share our energy and touch strangers' bodies and care for them in the way that we do. And I think that every single massage therapist needs to be appreciated more. Amen. I like it. I think so too. Anything else you want to ask Melissa, Mark? No, this is great. You you blew me away and I'm super interested all at the same time. It's always a good thing. It's always a <laughs> good thing. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm so glad we met. And if at any time you want to talk again or have questions, feel free to shoot them my way. Right I on. would be happy to answer them because I went through all this pain to be able to serve people in this way and tell them things that 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 they need to know. That's why I've done this. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. This has been really, really interesting. And uh, we will we will definitely share the link with you when it's complete so you can share it with your followers as well, okay? Thank you so much. You guys have been awesome. It was so much fun. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>